Welcome to Beyond Standards, your source for authentic discussions about the world of teaching. Get ready to explore challenges, share inspiring stories, and discover strategies that will empower you to make a lasting impact on your students. Here are your hosts, who are trying to master the fine art of maintaining their sanity while managing a classroom, Joe Rohrhoff and Jeff Bologna. Hello, fellow teachers, and welcome to episode five of the Beyond Standards podcast, where we talk about what it's really like to be a teacher. I'm Joe, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my fellow teacher, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, how is your week going? I know we're in the middle of parent-teacher conferences. This is a little bit of a grind of a week for us. Uh, long, night, long night yesterday, long night tomorrow. How are you doing this week? Uh, you know, I'm hanging in there, Joe. It's uh, You know how parent-teacher conferences go. It's you know, a couple of long days dealing with that kind of stuff. But, you know, here I got something I need to get off my chest, something yeah. I need to vent about um, before we move into our topic, which is an awesome topic tonight. What is the deal? Joe, what's the deal with the seating charts? Seating yeah. charts are killing me, man. My students, You tell me, man. What's your beef? You, 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 you put your students in a seating chart and then immediately they're like, I want to move seats. Can we move seats? I want to sit over there. So then I, you know, I make a new seating chart. And what's the first thing they do when they get new seats? Complain. You guessed it complain. Well, I mean, I just, uh, this week alone, I, I finally, I was just like, if I hear one more complaint, I'm going to move your desk right into the office. This is unbelievable, you know, and kids, <laughs> kid, and, and then, you know, Joe, I got these, these kids that are, why'd you separate us? Why are we on the other side of the room? And I'm like, if you have to ask, I mean, you know, the answer, right? Well, uh, I know one thing I've learned as a teacher, if you give a new seating chart and the kids don't like it, you probably did a pretty good job with your seating chart. This is true. (laughs) If the kids love it, if they're like, start going, yes, they start, you know, fist bumping each other, the people next to them, it's might, might be a quick, uh, a quick reshuffle in a, in a week or two. So it is, it is one of those things at the beginning of the year, I don't do one and I see who sits by each other. And then I make notes. I'm like, all right, those kids can't be in the same room. It's a good pro tip right there. But I just, I just needed to get that off my chest before we get into our, our, uh, our, topic for today. Yeah, no doubt. I'll uh, I'll take the transition then. Uh, the focus of today's episode is going to be on technology. And the goal of the episode today is to empower you, empower all the teachers out there with some strategies, some tools that will help them bring technology into their classroom. And I know all the teachers that listen today are going to walk away with this episode with something they can implement in their classroom maybe that day. Um, but something that they can really take action on. And that's our goal is for you guys to walk away with that. And I know we've got uh, an expert in educational technology on the show. I'm going to turn it over to you, Jeff, to introduce our guest today. Awesome. Thank you, Joe, for that. Um, When uh, you and I were talking about technology and having someone on, I knew the perfect person um, because I've known this person uh, my whole life, basically. Um, I was lucky enough to babysit this, uh, our guest when he was little. I'm still shocked that his mom and dad trusted him and his brother Derek with me. Um, I mean, we could have a whole episode about stories about those times. Um, but he's, uh, you know, he's a former, yeah, let's yeah, not. he's a former, uh, <laughs> he's a former elementary school teacher. He taught fourth grade. Um, he was a technology coach. He, he taught out in Colorado. He moved home. Um, and now he is currently the executive director of technology for the Traverse city public schools in uh, Traverse city, Michigan in Northern Michigan. Um, and so I'd like to welcome onto our podcast, Evan O'Brenovic. Thank you for joining us tonight, Evan. Thank you. 
that was wonderful intro introduction. I feel uh, the, uh, that babysitting time was worth it. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I said expert. We'll we'll see about that. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Um, Evan, you know, could could you just start by giving us a little introduction about yourself? You know, some background, your role as a director of technology. You know, what goes in your school district and things like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think you know it's it's partly important like you had started with where I, where I started my career, right. I was a fourth grade teacher. So kind of started at, um, at that grassroots level, which was awesome. Love teaching. Um, got an opportunity to, to become an ed tech coach by the director of my old district out in Colorado kind of saw that I was taking the reins for a lot of projects and, and asked me if I wanted to pursue something like that. They kind of had just created it, which was very exciting. And then, um, did that, loved it. Um, my wife and I are both originally from Michigan, so the conversation was always trying to come home and wanted to see what those next steps were. And so when the opportunity came from Traverse City for uh, being a director a role, you know, I jumped on it. Frankly, was kind of surprised that they seriously considered me for, for that. Um, but, you know, I felt confident. So it was something that I was passionate about trying to take the reins of a, an entire department. And the district was, frankly, my initial thought was it's way bigger than I had imagined. I kind of thought Traverse City was this small little town. So could you, you know, could you expand on that? Because I'm actually was just curious, like the size of the district, just so our listeners can get an idea, you know, number of buildings, student population, that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah, we are currently 17 schools. Um, We have just over 9,000 fluctuates, but you know, just around 9,000 students. When I got here, it was 10,000. COVID kind of, you know, we had this mass exodus as a lot of districts did of students that no one really knew where they went but um so we're sitting there and then we're one of the biggest just size wise geographically we're over 300 square miles um of of school districts so there's a lot of challenges within our just within that kind of um premise there so yeah that that i got here and and when i kind of realized it's not just some sleepy little town by the water and realize that there's quite a bit to do and, and a lot of a lot of projects to tackle. And so, you know, you had to roll the sleeves up and be like, I guess I guess we're doing this. So it was it was a lot, but it was good. We're so lucky to have Evan on because he has the experience of a teacher and now he's in a role overseeing all that. Uh, so I'd like to start with just kind of getting a bird's eye view of the role of technology in education. Uh, there's been so much change. You just brought up covid uh, a couple years ago, I know that changed our district completely with technology, and you've got other things going on right now with AI and Chat GPT. Um, how have these affected, and how have these affected the world of education? Yeah, COVID. COVID was the big one. I mean, obviously, everyone listening and you guys all know it. It just was a total gut punch to how we operate and what we need to do um, in education and technology was at the forefront of ways we were trying to adjust and adapt to that. Um, so that was part of, I came in the year, you know, six months before the, the, the COVID-19 epidemic uh, pandemic. And uh, so it was like, okay, we're going to get you um, acclimated, figure out all the systems, you know, work with our team here. It's great. And then all of a sudden it was, I need you to get a Chromebook to every kid for remote learning and help me devise a system. Uh, you know, we weren't fully one-to-one. We were pretty close. Um, and, and, you know, get all that together and go. And it was just, I mean, I just, 
I was like, maybe this was a bad choice, but you know, we, <laughs> we, 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 a nice thing to jump into. Yeah, right? it was quite, quite the thing. And my wife will say, I was sitting up when they kind of made the announcement to us separately as the admin team. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I don't know, but I have to figure it out like by tomorrow. So I'm sitting on my computer yeah. trying to lay out the plan. So, I mean that, you know, like I just said, I think the biggest thing, you know, you realized you had to be one-to-one pretty much if you weren't already. Um, that's, that's something that I, I'm attending a conference right now and it's still a topic of conversation. How are you dealing with one-to-one? Um, you know, how are you making that effective? What devices, you know, that's always changing and and evolving and, and the back or the premise of that, the foundation is still, you did it because of COVID, right? So it's like, that was just such a massive change. It's like, you had to rush and get those devices in the hands of students. Um, so that's a huge one, how to manage it, depending how large you are, that can be a huge task in itself. Um, we're a Chromebook district, so we were one-to-one, third through 12. So we were already a good way there. So credit to all the people before me. Um, we were ready to go, but um, then we were two-to-one, K through two. So we had to quickly figure out how to make sure to get enough devices just to, to bridge that small gap. So we weren't nearly in yeah. as much trades and then hand them out. Um, and then I think it really brought to light how our, and Jeff, you and I have talked about this because I know you love it. Uh, learning management systems. Okay. <laughs> Schoology, let's go. Yeah, so, you know, everyone's got their favorite. Um, <laughs> that was another thing because not a lot of people, you, you just, you didn't see the need for it prior, right? So you were like, okay, we need to do this. We need to effectively deliver the content. The kids aren't sitting in front of the teacher. How do we do that? And there were a lot of struggles with that. So um, now what I see is in, interesting is we still have our LMSs. We're still trying to use them, but we're back to, quote unquote, normal. And what does that look? How does that look? Are we still using it the same way? How are we adjusting? Are we providing, you know, are we doing the continuation and training and the things you need? And are we asking ourselves the honest questions of like, what do we really need to do within the LMS? And what goes back to like we said, what goes back to that in person teaching style or how we did it before when you you are making those connections with kids? I mean, that was such a struggle, right? How to do that remotely. And so um, that's still hanging on and still something I think that's been a major change. And a lot of people are still dealing with the fallout and we're just kind of maybe seeing the other side of that. Um, and then, yeah, you throw in, you know, you talk AI, it's a hot button topic. Everyone wants to talk about it. Um, it's something that's here, whether we like it or not. And, and the biggest question is, you know, how are we going to envelop it into what we do? Um, but I think that's, that's a way easier question to say than to answer. Um, cause that's yeah. one of those like, Oh, we're gonna, you know, we have it blocked for our students, uh, on the network, but all it takes is a quick switch to your data plan on your phone and boom, I'm yeah. chat GPT. Right. So we're not big brother. I, I don't want to get in that business. I don't think many districts do. So it's like, we're not going to do this overarching thing, but it's something that you got to figure out. So how would we build that into what we're doing? You yeah. know, and I, I, I struggle, sorry, Joe, I struggle with that too, as, as an English teacher. Right. I mean, I would love to build it into my curriculum, but then, you know, I want to see their thoughts and their writings and these kids turn in work and it's like, they don't even know what some of these words mean. And it's like, I know you didn't produce this, you know, cause they're, they're doing it at home. They're not doing it on our network They you know, they're doing it at home. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that, a, that's a huge issue, Evan. That's an episode in itself. I think at some point yeah. is, is dealing with that. Yeah. We have a couple, I have two ed tech coaches uh, on my team and, and one of them, specifically the one who deals mostly with secondary, has really taken it upon himself to kind of dive into that and try and just figure out 
the strategy, I mean, because it takes, you know, for the teacher, we don't expect them to have to learn all that on the fly. So how are we going to provide those resources and that support for them to do just what you said, Jeff? Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to use it? It's here. So yeah. how could I use it effectively? How could I teach my students how to use it and then actually know what they're producing and not just produce a, a paragraph they've never read before? Right. And it's it's one of those things. If you tell them, oh, we're, we can't use it and it's like this black cloud over here, what are they, of course, what are they going to do? They're going to use it, right? So if we embrace it and bring it into the curriculum, I think that'll be better. Yeah. Yeah. It's having yeah. a lot of people ask some hard questions, but yeah, it's here. And like we said, it, it's not going, we're only getting more versions of it. And so it's, right. it's a hot topic. What are, sticking with kind of the bird's eye view, uh, what are some of the key challenges that technology brings in your district? And uh, things that pop into my head are things like access to technology, digital equity, maybe appropriate versus inappropriate use of technology for kids? Yeah, I think the the access and the equity is big. And I think the flip side of the coin that kind of accentuates it is just technology permeates everything, right? And in education, pretty much, there's not a whole lot that's happening that my department doesn't have a hand in that we're not helping roster or launch, you know, or using the Chromebooks, the devices for the students or the teachers, or what they're even doing in the classroom, if you're not one doing anything one to one. Um, so you have all that, you're, you're struggling as a district to provide that in the confines of the classroom. Um, and making sure that your district, you know, funding is always a, a major issue. Make sure you have that funding to do that and to continue to keep it updated because technology doesn't stay updated um, very long anymore. And then um, what are the kids doing at home and how are you as a district trying to provide for that? That was another big, big issue we had, um, you know, especially during COVID was how to provide those students at home. You, you can't get on a Google Meet or a Zoom call if you don't have a good Internet connection. And then even providing them with, you know, sometimes, frankly, the best we could do typically was a hotspot and that's hit or miss because it's, it's as good as your cell phone signal and, and bandwidth of, you know, people chatting on a video it sucks up a lot of that. So um, it's just really difficult and hard for to make sure that those kids have that fair access because then you just know you're already pushing or leaving those other kids who don't have it further and further behind and you don't want to see that happen. Can I? Can you clarify your your guys' stance in Traverse City? Is stance on one to one? Do the students in your district have to use the Chromebook that you guys provide for them, or can they bring one from home? So they at the secondary level, so from middle school. So for us, it's you know sixth grade through twelfth. Um, we issue them a Chromebook that they're allowed to take to and from home, bring to school, use. Um, they do not have to take it. We don't have a very high. Um, I guess, denial rate of saying, no, no, I'm good. I don't need that. But that is still a choice for them. Um, but, you know, a lot of it, they just know with all the programs and products, it's it's really hard to bring in a separate device and be on the same level. Um, so it's, it's an option and some people will do it, but typically even the kids who have access to maybe a better piece of equipment or what they feel is a better piece of equipment will still take the Chromebook and then use it for those kind of standardized uh, reasons that we need it. And then at the K through five level, they stay in the classroom, they're in carts. Um, so it's, it's just pretty much that's easy access. No kids yeah. are bringing in devices. Thanks. That's awesome. I was just, I was just curious for, for our, cause in our district we're, lightly one-to-one -one. we encourage kids to bring their own and then they they check one out on the beginning of school but you know if they don't have one we issue them one it's light it's one -to -one. a light one-to-one -one diet one-to-one yeah, -one diet the diet yeah, version yeah 
but where my kids go to school, it is one to one, and you know we have our own devices, but they use the school one. You know, they just that way if if anything happens, they can get fixed and things like that. Yeah. Um, if the kid uses their own though, how does a tech department monitor? Is it through the, the through the the um, network that they're on, or can you monitor what the kids are doing even if they're on their own personal devices? To an extent, so that's always going to be a problem. But yeah, so they can only you know if they're coming in, they can only connect to the guest network, which is heavily filtered. Um, you know, they can't get to social media or anything on that. So even if the kids pick up their phones and and connect to it, you know, they'll try and get on uh, Instagram, and it just won't load. Um, so we have that control, but there's so many easy ways around that um, to do. You know, we'll, we'll block um, VPN access, the virtual private network stuff that you can easily put on a phone or a computer, but there's new ones popping up all the time. So um, if they use their own device, if they're opting to do that, um, most of those kids likely are a little bit more tech savvy. They know that for us, since we're Chromebook uh, district, that if you use Chrome and you're signing into your school Chrome account, you have a very similar experience, right? So if you, as long as you're doing that and we try and make everything as cloud-based as possible, there's very few programming on a Chromebook. You can't anyway, but there's very few programs that require a true PC or, you know, a Mac device that needs to be loaded. And so they can mimic it pretty well. Um, And then when they do that and they sign into Chrome, they're also put into the filter system. It goes based on their profile and an extension that we force upon that. So I mean, there's ways to do that, but then you can quickly flip the tab, you know, flip the window and, and have that. Yeah. So it's always been a discussion. We fortunately, we haven't been the light program, so I don't have to worry about a huge amount of them out there. Um, and now we've we've gone to a, a basically pretty staunch away for the day policy on cell phones. So, yep, so you know, that's that's made a change uh, pretty significantly. I think they've realized it's not that bad, but it's obviously changed a lot of the ways people are operating in the kids. Are you guys doing that at the high school level too? Because we're just doing it at the middle school. We are doing it, yeah. So K through eight is a way for the day, no exceptions. Put it away, don't take it out. Uh, the high schools are one high school, so we have two central high school, three, sorry, central high school, Traverse City High School um, is an alternative school for our students, and then West Senior High. Uh, central High School had been doing kind of a a, mod- a light away for the day. The kids can take them out during passing period. And at lunch, okay. yeah. but they have to put them, we have like sleeves in the classroom. So they have to, you know, recognize that it's gone during class. So there's no question about that. So the high schools are continuing with that because our central high school saw success with that. Yeah, that's, that's been awesome. a, a huge benefit to us. We went to that this year and it's been great, great for us. Uh, I'd like to zoom in a little bit. Uh, could you recommend like into the classroom, some specific technology tools or apps that you've seen from your level that have really enhanced learning? Oh, that's always, that's always everyone's favorite question to ask. There's, there's so many that they come in and out. Um, that's why we I know, I know. <laughs> well, I can say that I've been very impressed with, um, so we're a Google, you know, we're Chromebooks, like I said, Chrome. So we're a Google, a Google school and a lot of the things, cause Google's updating all the time. Now that can be frustrating cause they do it and they don't tell you, right. They'll just make a change and be like, good, here you go. For example, kids opened up Google Docs today and there's these three little buttons at the top that said like manage a meeting or something like that. And they're like, what is this? And it just, it updated like overnight. Yeah. yeah. It's sad how something like that can just blow up a classroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of my, with we used to use Google Classroom, my whole district and my favorite story, I just told it actually in a meeting because we were talking about that same premise about it updating was with the teachers. 
I trained a group of teachers like first week of August before school in Google Classroom. We set everything up, got these group going great. We waited like two weeks and then brought in a separate group. Um, same thing, but it was just the plan was, all right, now we'll train you guys up, 20 different teachers. Well, everything had changed. So they they they, they put in where they have the groupings right now, the assignment groups, all that. And, and then the people were stuck in between. So it's like if you had the old one, it didn't just auto update and transfer. They still had the old version and the new one. And so that, yeah. Google just likes to do what they want. Um, but to that point, Jeff, it's actually, that's one of my things I do enjoy because I think they're doing a lot of good things like in docs for those built-in updates. So the templates that they have, the add-ins, um, the chip pieces, that which are those little kind of highlighted boxes that'll shorten, you know, instead of a hyperlink, it'll do what they call them, the chips, like the little gray ovals around the text and give you the previews and you can see that that to me just enhances what they're already using. And so I really like enjoy to see when those happen, when they happen within reason. Um, and so a lot of those in docs are, I'm a big fan of. And then uh, a tool kind of separate from that, that is great because they provide it free for education. So you can talk to your tech department about getting it set up on a district level is Canva. Canva for education oh, yep. uh, can set up and then they give you the entire gamut for free if you're a school. So, you know, people can play with the free version, see how great it is with all their templates and stuff to do graphic design, basic presentations, all that great stuff. And it has some sharing elements, collaboration like Google. And if you're a school and you register with them, you get the whole thing for free. So we just deployed that for a whole district. Oh, that's great. Because I know I have my own personal account. It's a free account, but again, it has everything. And I have students that use it, but they don't have access to everything. So that's definitely good to know that that they can give that free access to all the students. Yeah, you can do that. It'll let you do groupings like in classes so the teachers can kind of control and and work with the class on it and do the projects and do the sharing. So it's got to be done at, like I said, a district level, but it was not hard for us as a tech department. So it's it's a pretty easy ask, in my opinion, um, to talk to them about getting that deployed. I've got a couple teachers from our from our teacher community that uh, they'd like to you know ask the uh, the <laughs> director of technology and the, the first one is one that I can definitely identify with. Um, why the heck do we have to have two factor authentication? And and before you answer, like, like my morning consists of me going into my computer, signing in, approving it on my phone. Then signing into Schoology, approving that on my phone, and going but to Joe, my computer which is that th- controls the board, and doing it again. But don't forget, it's a three-digit code now that we have to type in. We can't just hit approve on our watches anymore. Yeah, are there like is is there are there that many people trying to hack into my stuff that we need to do this? Yes, that's a, it's a it's a hundred percent true. Um, I think there's I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but again, I was just chatting at a conference. The most you know vulnerable slash cyber attacked entities in the past year has been schools and educational institutions. So it, it what are they, what are they trying to get? Evan, what are they data. trying to get? Data, data is everything. Well, what's better than a, uh, a thousand kids, all their personal information to start new identities from scratch who don't have credit cards wow. to monitor, who don't have bank accounts to worry about. And now I've just created in our case, 9,000, a new people that I can do whatever I want with. 
Joe, this is not the answer. We're I know. For. Well, I'm actually <laughs> glad that he could shed some light on it, though, because I was picturing like my students going home and like trying to figure out my password and they figure it out finally. So they then I get, grades. I get this thing on my code and uh, or on my phone. I'm like, oh, my students are hacking me again. So there's, yeah. there's other ways yeah. to do it. I think that's that's, you know, unfortunately, kind of a, a district by district situation. And it can be, you know, I understand the pain. Right. And you try and limit that while also keeping up with what's required for your insurance provider. That's a lot that what drives us is they're like, we're not going to pay and or support you if you don't have these things in place. And so we've become, you know, since I've even started, which is not that long ago in terms of the directorship, it's been this is my fifth year. Um, we're like a full-fledged cybersecurity shop. Like we take all that into consideration. This summer, uh, we had an issue with Google APIs, which are all the fun little, you know, talk about the apps you like, like all those fun little apps that you add into your Google account and just say, sign in with Google or approve with Google. And it goes, we're going to use this, this, and this. And everyone just goes, absolutely. Click, let's yep. go. Right. So yep. <laughs> we had one that no one could identify. It happened to quite a few districts that was trying to skim data off our directory in Google. And so get that. Luckily, we didn't have anything, um, super identifiable. We don't keep that type of information in Google. And so we were lucky there. And so what we had to do much to the joy of all the teachers is snap or break every API connection and then re-review it. And then all the teachers had to re-request. They're like, well, why? I was just using <laughs> Quizlet. And we're like, oh yeah, no, we know. Let's double check it. We'll make sure it's legit. Now we'll reconnect it for you. And so it's, it's just one of those things. And so multi-factor and you'd just be amazed at, I don't know, does you, if your guys' district, do you guys do like uh, phishing training? They send you emails? Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's, yep. it, yeah, we have a little fish hook. We have a fish hook on yeah. our email. Well, it's yeah. pretty amazing that we do it as well of how many trainings you can send out and still how many people <laughs> will click on an email and then send us a note saying, I got this link and I opened it up and I put in my credentials and it just went to a blank page. <laughs> what do I do? We're like change all your yeah. information. We're locking oh, your account and we got to move on. And who else do we do this for? So it's just a thing. I mean, I think there's certainly better ways to do it than others, but yes, multi-factor is necessity. I think some okay. teachers get the feeling and, and of course I don't do this, but like, they're like, yeah, yeah, this, right. this link well, <laughs> might be a little fishy, but it's my school computer. It's not my personal yeah, right. computer. So there you go. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> but yeah, that's one of those things. I actually, Last year, I, mem I remember last year we kept getting, it wasn't all the teachers, a group of teachers kept getting emails from our superintendent that was like, hey, put your, uh, your we're, I'm trying to research the pay scales or something like that. So if you could click on this link and add your, you know, information. And I'm like, all right, this seems fishy, you know, yeah. hence the word phishing. If, if um, Jeff picks up on it, it was a bad fishing. Yeah, attempt. right. That's a great barometer. Yeah. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff thinks it's bad. You're like, whoa, 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 shut it down. <laughs> You know, Evan, um, we hear a lot about screen time, right? And our students, you know, away for the day now to try to try to cut the cord with those cell phones. Any advice to help teachers out there strike that balance? Because obviously you're the tech director. Kids are on their computers constantly. You know, any any uh, anything to help the teachers, you know, balance between instructional methods, technology, things like that. Yeah, it's it's definitely a tough question that we get asked a lot. And it's it's interesting being on my side of it, who's, you know, that's all I'm doing, <laughs> staring at screens, getting them ready, prepping them. Right. Um, but I will say that, you know, so in the cell phone, right, the away for the day policy, I, I had zero issues. You did not see me like barking at that and saying, whoa, 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 we're really, I, I'm okay with putting those limits on there. And I think, you know, I, 
I'm, I'm always open. And I think my district tries to do a good job of that, of having that conversation, but including us there about what do we really need to use our tech resources for and what, what needs to, you know, simply stay in a sense, the way it was. So, so where are those other resources that work, the print copies and, and all that, that might just take away, give an extra few minutes away from the screen and not have them sitting there staring at a Chromebook the whole time. Um, it, it just takes, I think, a lot of a little bit of reflection, and then the, I guess the the comfort or or the I'm just trying to think of like the permission almost from from your district or just from that vibe in your school to be like it's okay if I'm not sitting there doing something fantastical on my board every every second, right? I'm not any everything is not totally interactive. Everything is not a hundred percent self one to one on a Chromebook. Um, and not getting slapped on the wrist or kind of told like, oh, well, that was cool. But, you know, how could you integrate some technology into it? I think we started that hard and fast. I think it's okay to pump the brakes on that conversation. And you're not getting any arguments um, from me in that because I think we're still going to be there and there's a lot of great uses for us. But it's okay to shut the lid every once in a while and and just kind of engage and and get the kids working together and and talking to the teacher. And so um, you just got to have that conversation and hopefully have your leadership be on board with that and just understand kind of where that break point is. Yeah, I remember I remember 10 years ago when you have the Chromebook in the cart in your room and the kids see it and they get all excited because they get to be on the computers. And now it's like they get I feel like the students are refreshed sometimes when they don't have to be on their computer because they're on them so often. 100 percent. But it's again, it's tough to it's tough to find that balance. Um, So from your perspective, as you know, the one kind of in charge of technology in your district, how do you encourage collaboration between your team and the teachers? Because obviously you're there to support the teachers and the students. Um, Any advice you have for teachers that that would help them in that process? Yeah, uh, that's that's always a good one. Our running joke in my department, which like as I described, you know, we're a pretty big district. So I have on the tech side alone, just in all different areas, there's over 25 people in my department kind of doing the things throughout that we need. So there's a lot of us and we try and meet to kind of gather our thoughts and obviously take care of business uh, and throughout the district. And one of those running just is like, you know, don't be angry tech guy. So, so for us, it, it's trying <laughs> to temper that, you know, as, as tough as it can be when we do get the Jeff emails us and said, yeah, well, it's my school computer. So I just did it. It was fine. Right. <laughs> You're like, no, no, no. Um, (laughs) You you try and create systems and explain the reasons for them. So I think every teacher, if your district has a support ticket system, despises it because they're like, why? Um, If my wife can hear me upstairs, she would probably be doing it. We've gotten into straight up arguments in the morning because she's asking me for something and I'm trying to get her to go through that system. Make sure you fill out a work request. Put out out a work request form. Now, there's reasons for that, (laughs) and so I think it's it's incumbent upon us, meaning the tech people, to explain those, um, but then find a middle ground. So a lot of times, you know, we work on absolutely, you know, and I'm gonna I'm putting in a ticket for you right now, just so we have record. Why am I doing that? Not just because I need a ticket. It's like because this keeps a record of it. I can keep track of this problem, and now I'm gonna work on it for you. Um, and hopefully just that's encouraging them. You know, if you do that, you can still kind of reach out to me and chat with me, but we need this record because we're big again, you know, I've, there's 11 elementaries. It, it, I need this to help keep track of it. Um, but totally understand it. So you just try and find, you know, in my opinion, that balance between, um, being personable, 
um, and then following the systems that you have in place, but not being afraid, again, from the tech perspective at reevaluating that. Is this the right way to do it? Is this helping us? Um, is putting all those tickets in, are, are we actually looking at the data? So do we need to do that or not? Um, and, and when we just flex and have a question of, you know, so many times they're like, well, can we, you know, it's just like these one-off requests. Can we just have this account created? Can we do that? And, and sometimes there's very good reasons why it can't happen. Limitations of the system itself or again, security reasons. But we have to be better as well uh, from tech people to to talk with the teachers to just step back and be like, well, is why wouldn't I do that? And so we, we do a little bit of that and kind of in our means like, you know, and I try and push my team probably sometimes much to their annoyance, too. I'm like, well, why not? Because I come from the teacher perspective. I don't I don't I don't have the yeah. knowledge of, you know, we have a whole data center and, and massive amounts of uh, uh, servers and a, a huge closet with all that. And, and I couldn't tell you one piece from the other and I'm starting to get there, but it's like, that's not my, yeah. my forte. I'm organizing everyone as a team. And then I'm asking them the questions and hopefully uh, a little bit less combative way of just like, why not all the teachers out there, you know, same, just take a step back. I mean, you'll, you'll get obstinate about it. I get it. Or, and you'll run into the tech guy who doesn't care <laughs> and we'll just be like, no, 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 you can't do that. No. And, and then, you know, it helps to maybe, you know, branch out, talk to some of our other, tech people because sometimes if you get the yeah, nose yeah. from someone and you go chat to me or whatever i can go approach that person and be like, oh, i heard you know this discussion they were telling me again same thing why can't we do that and i'll go explain it to them right i can try and be that buffer so um there's yeah. a couple of different ways to, to crack the egg so to speak so awesome well that's that's very good insightful to get that perspective all right let's move to to wrap things up a little bit um just taking a look into the future, what are your insights into the future of technology and education? What do you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's always going to change. I, I think sometimes you got to slow down uh, to go faster. You know, it's really easy to jump on all the, on the newest trends and then you find yourself up a creek without a paddle. So I think in, in education, as much as you want to be on the, the bleeding edge, it's just not practical. And so I, I think I just see kind of a slow evolution to what you see happen way faster in the business world. I think a big one that's happening is as much as we all love Chromebooks, in a sense, just because of how easy they are to deploy, we can get them in the students' hands. They work pretty easy. They're easy to fix. Um, we're going to see a change in that, in my opinion. I think it's going to go back more towards full-fledged devices, um, unless Chromebooks make some kind of change just in the sense of uh, there's more processes, there's more programs and just things that need to happen that a Chromebook can't handle right now. Yeah. And I, Evan, I hear building off that, I, I hear a lot of, you know, companies going away from like meet and stuff like that and going to teams and Microsoft, you know, so I, 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 I totally can see where you're heading. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, they're all, you know, trying to mimic that Google success, right? Like, cause now you have Microsoft office 365 is all in the cloud and they did, they, they're touting collaboration. Like it's a brand. They're like, look, you can all type on the same document. You're like, welcome to the party guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. thanks for that. But you know, other people really, you know, people will swear your business folks, Excel can never be beat and Google sheets cannot be Excel. Yeah. And so now you can have that. And so, yeah, just with that. And I think Apple is trying to make a really big push back into the game. Uh, iPads have always been, I think, an easy entry in education. They have a lot of great uses, um, especially at lower levels or for special education. 
Um, and but I think they just are seeing that if they can, you know, they've always been the most expensive choice. So they're seeing like if we can figure out a way to right. price ourselves back in, like who doesn't, you know, kid wise, parent wise. Um, and if it's easy to deploy and we mimic some of the ways that we're managing the others, like who doesn't want to maybe opt for Apple devices as well. So I just think you're going to see a shift in kind of what that that standard devices and that's not going to happen. So that's a big one I think is happening sooner than later. Okay, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Uh, just just to wrap things up, any other advice for teachers regarding technology or anything else you want to add? Uh, I, I think it's the the go slow to go fast. Like, don't worry. I think with teachers as well, just as a, we don't want to, you don't want to have to think that you got to keep adapting every every day and changing it. Like, use what you know works. Um, don't be afraid to you know, pilot something, but think of it truly as a pilot. Like if this fails miserably, that's okay. And we're going to go back to what we're doing. But, um, so you can be innovative, but don't, I guess, don't feel the pressure to always be innovative. I just see a lot of stress with that. They always want, you know, and there's great teachers out there and they just feel like they have to do that. And it's just putting a bunch of on, they're great teachers. They're, they don't need the tools yeah. to be great teachers. They can help them. And so you really just got to be thoughtful about that. And then, make those relationships with the angry tech guys so that you can, you know, deploy it successfully. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I that's love great that. advice. Great advice. I love that, Evan. We, you know, Joe and I taught long before there was all this technology, right? And so, and we were good teachers before this and you know what I mean? And so I love that go slow, that, that mantra. And I, I, I appreciate when you said it's okay to, you know, close the devices and just actually interact with the kids, you know, because you're right. Too many teachers think every lesson has to be this interactive. We're going to use the boards and this and that. And it can be just, Hey, we're just going to have a discussion about this chapter we just read or, or about a war that you're learning yeah, about or debate or something. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And th that's good teaching yeah. as well. And I think I think our, our profession people forget about that sometimes. Yeah. yeah, have the conversation, then then maybe think about what a follow up is, something cool you could do that that would really enhance right. it. But it's not the must, not the must have. Awesome, awesome. I think Joe, I just got to I just go I got to add one thing. I've just been sitting here listening to Evan talk and thinking, man, this was the same kid who was running around outside when I was babysitting him and I would lock the doors because I would he would get on my nerves so much and now listening to him talk I'm just this is amazing to hear Evan I appreciate this, this was I'm awesome. glad I could make you proud good, uh, <laughs> if you're trying to make a if you're trying to make a sales pitch for your babysitting side gig it wasn't a very good locking the kid outside is not a very good idea true story <laughs> true story Oh, that's great. Well, I, I think that's a, a great way to wrap things up today. Uh, Evan, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule for coming on today. Yeah, thank you guys. It was great. And uh, for, for all the listeners out there, please do us a favor. Uh, like the podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find it. Please give us a like. Uh, my daughter came up and told me today, you guys got five five-star reviews. I was like, wow, that's awesome. Uh, let's let's keep that rolling. If, if you can, if you could take two seconds to spread the word, spread some love, we would appreciate it so much. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, all the listeners. Hopefully we gave you some, some tips you could take away to the classroom. And uh, join us next week where we're going to talk about every teacher's favorite time of year. We brought it up at the beginning of the episode, parent-teacher conferences. So that's what we will be talking about next time. This is Joe and Jeff signing off, reminding you to keep going above and beyond those standards because you may not like make a lot of money, but you do make a difference. <laughs>